Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm with Karen Fontanella, the owner of Fontanella Family Winery. Karen, thank you so much for sitting down with us here at your lovely home. Oh, well, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Before we talk about your life here in the Napa Valley, let's talk about your career. You've had an interesting one. How did it start? So I haven't always been a winery owner. Um, I started off um, after college or towards the end of college, I decided that I wanted to go to law school. And so directly from undergrad, I went to University of San Diego for law school. And um, when I was in my uh, last year of law school was when I met my husband, Jeff Fontanella, who obviously I own the winery with, and um, he's our winemaker. But anyhow, I, I graduated um, past the bar, and at the time I was living down in Southern California, and my um, winemaking boyfriend was up in Napa. And so I decided to take my first job in San Francisco to kind of work my way towards uh, towards Napa. And after a year of doing uh, securities and antitrust litigation, which I absolutely couldn't stand, <laughs> I ended up moving to a law firm in Napa. And um, I worked for that law firm for about three years. And then I was um, in-house counsel for a commercial real estate developer for, gosh, about seven years. Mm-hmm. And during that time, you know, during my entire law career, I worked a lot with wineries. I did some land use. I did some, you know, all sorts of contracts for wineries. I helped them um, start you know, their LLCs or their corporations. And so um, in terms of the the inner workings of a small winery, I really got um, an expertise in the the legal realm of it. And and so when my husband, um, who had been a winemaker in Napa for a number of years, he and I decided we were going to um, buy a piece of property on Mount Veter. And that's when we found this 26 acres that we're sitting at right now. And when did you open the winery or start the winery? So it was 2005. My husband and I got married in 2003. So in 2005, we decided to buy this property. Um, and all that was here was a house. And I was still working as a lawyer. And, and, um, and he was a consulting winemaker at that point in time. And so we decided that we would take the property um, from basically just a, a rural residential property and get the use permits to put a winery here. And um, so oh, that we, was fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was great that I had the background that I did and knew the people that I did. And it was kind of a, a quick timeline of, of events. So we bought the property in 05. In 06, um, my first son was born and we got the use permit for the winery. In 07, my second son was born and we started construction on the winery. And then in 08, we opened the doors of the winery. So we had two kids under two, a brand new winery. And that was about the time the economy tanked, which was another adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you survived. We survived. Yeah. I was going to ask you what the most challenging part of having a winery has been. The, the, gosh, well, we've had um, we've had an interesting go. So we've been in operation now for 10 years. We kicked off the winery with, like I mentioned, the economic downturn, which right. was um, certainly a, a challenging time for us. But also, um, I always say that um, when when you start, when someone starts a successful business, you never hear them say it was so easy, just flowed right along. It was. It's really typically people talk about the hardships and how hard it was, and and um, it was a really difficult time to start a luxury brand right when we were in an um, economic recession, and so that was really challenging to begin with. But I think we learned a lot about resilience and adaptability, um, which really got us through that. Um, the the next big thing that came was the earthquake in 2014, and we were um, one of the harder hit wineries when that 
that happened. And it was very immediate and it was very, all all of a sudden we had, you know, 800 barrels in the cellar and about 600 of those barrels um, toppled over. But most of the barrels survived, which was which was great. But it was just a very trying and stressful time for us to to recover from um, from that. And then, of course, last year we had the fires, and so while the winery and the the home um, survived, and our vineyard was kind of we say it was singed around the perimeters, we didn't lose any major buildings. Um, but it was still a really trying, stressful time for us. So, kind of we hit the big three. <laughs> right? Maybe that's it. I hope so. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else that's out there for you to to be affected by. We just think the locusts could possibly come. Oh my maybe god! Not. Bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, well, let's let's talk about your. I mean, you're you've got a little piece of heaven here. You're perched on a a, a knoll of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. And how many acres did you say you had? So um, originally we bought 26 acres, mm-hmm. and our elevation we're about 800 feet elevation, and we're within the Mount Veter Appalachian of Napa, so we're in the Western Hills, which is awesome. And how much is planted? So we have the 26 acres that we originally bought and five and a half acres are planted to vineyard on our original estate. And then two years ago, we bought the 55 acre parcel next door. Oh, wow. And so that has, um, we'll put in approximately an additional 21 acres on that property, but the first seven were planted. So now we have a little over 12 and a half acres of vineyard planted and total we have about 80 acres um, up to the property. Between the two. Between the two. And what's mostly planted? It's all Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. And let's talk about what do you produce? So um, the wine yourself, we make, well, we, we make a, a number of different varietals. Our primary varietals is, and um, we make a Mount Vitor Cabernet. Um, we make a, um, a Chardonnay and then a Zinfandel. And we also make a port. And so those are kind of our, our you know, primary wines that we produce. Mm-hmm. We also make a um, Beckstoffer George III Cabernet. Mm-hmm. Um, we make about two, 200 cases a year of that from the kind of the famed vineyard owned by Andy Beckstoffer. And um, we've done that since 2008 was our first release of that particular wine. That's awesome. Which is kind of a fun project for us. And then um, and then we also make a, a wine every year for our wine club. So it's kind of Jeff's way to, to dabble into something different and new. And so it's typically a different varietal every year. Total case production? Um, we're about 4,000 cases Ooh, per year. Nice and small. Mm-hmm. Love it. Anything new on the horizon? that you're thinking about doing? So the, probably the newest thing was when we bought the property next door, and um, while we're, we're progressively gonna be planting the, the blocks of vineyards there, um, there's an existing wine cave oh, on the property. Very cool. The cave was drilled and never completed, mm. and so it's got a winery use permit there. So the plan is, is to eventually build a second winery up on the new property. So another guest experience? Another guest experience. Another so. wine brand, perhaps? Um, that's kind of all in the, the workings. It'll definitely be a um, kind of upper higher higher end brand is the direction that we're going and so we still have a little time as we're figuring that all that piece out so. oh so stay tuned yeah okay let's talk about you now and your career and specifically like what drives you gosh well I always say that I'm I'm the core of of my professional life is really being a lawyer and and even though I don't technically practice any longer um I'm I'm really a recovering lawyer, if anything, at this point. (laughs) But I really love using the foundation of where I've come from in what I do for the winery every day. 
my husband and I joke that, you know, he's liquid and I'm paper. And so while I operate the business side of things, so I do everything from anything that has to do with bill paying or um, HR or wine sales or, you know, anything that's really paper oriented falls in, in, in my lap. And, and he really takes care of all the, the wine production and the vineyard. And because of that, it's really a neat marriage of, of us in, in both, you know, our real life and professionally. But I think that's what, what drives me is that is the ability to use the, the professional foundation I have in law and really help use it in everything that I do. I mean, while I still understand the importance of bringing on attorneys when I need them, I look at things through the, the vision of a, of a lawyer. And I think it's really helped um, in, in our ability to grow, progress, to um, buy new properties and um, take on new um, endeavors, which, um, which has been exciting part for me. I always have to have something to drive me forward. So that's kind of been the driving force, I guess. Okay. Was there a turning point in your career? I would say, I mean, I was, you know, the turning point was probably when... Meeting your husband. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, right? When, you know, if you would have told me, you know, back when I was 20 years old that I'd went, own a winery one day in Napa, I would have laughed and said, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> but but I think obviously that, you know, um, had, had something to do with it when I met him. But of course, it was, it was when I really pulled the plug on practicing law. At the time, I was um, general counsel for a real estate developer. And I said, well, there's this and I could, you know pay someone to basically run the winery on the business end of things. But every morning I woke up and all I thought about was the winery. And so it was really my, my baby and, and I wanted to be the one to run it. And so I think that that decision that we made back in, it would have been in 2008 was, um, was when I really um, switched gears and, and, um, and did what I really always wanted to do was just to run your own business, run my own business. Yeah. A lesson that you've learned along the way that might benefit someone else? Um, I think, you know, through everything, I think I touched on it earlier, was when we first opened and the economy had tanked. I think when you own a business and you want to stay relevant and you want to stay, um, you know, and, and continue to progress forward, you have to be adaptable. And I think we learned that lesson very early on when, you know, when when things get bad, instead of cowering in a corner, you have to really say, okay, let's assess the situation and where can we go? Where, what, what are the avenues available to us? And I think when, um, when the economy tanked and, you know, a good example was we, um, we couldn't get a distributor to call us back to save our lives. We originally, um, had planned on opening a brand and having, opening up distributorship throughout the United States. And, and for those who aren't as familiar with, um, wine sales, when, um, you know, the economy had hit, distributors will buy quantities of wine from you. And then they'll sell them to local restaurants and wine shops and whatnot. But they were sitting on a lot of inventory. And so the idea of taking on an ultra premium um, Napa Cabernet was um, was nearly impossible. And so when we realized that our business plan that we really launched with was was just not going to work, we decided to um, to change the change our tune and really focus on um, the customer that was coming to visit us and sales within California, which we didn't require a distributor, and really a lot of hand selling and building our brand that way, which um, in the end turned out to be the best thing that we could have ever done. That's great. Is there one person that you would say uh, that has, I'm going to say, influenced your career or, or maybe your career and your husband's career? Yeah, I would say, I mean, probably my, I mean, my parents and my, you know, my family as a whole have been 
inspirational for for me. My my parents owned an animal feed business, and so it was you know totally different than what we do now. But I grew up with an entrepreneurial family. My grandfather started a, a grain mill on his own. I mean, he didn't have more than a fourth grade education, and started what became the largest grain milling west of the Mississippi. And so I think it was that entrepreneurial spirit that was throughout my family that really has driven um, me. Um, to to seek out what I do and and want to always um, do more and and have something that's that's you know quintessentially you know my husband and mine like it's it's ours it's, sure you know, so that would be my inspiration I think is your grandfather still around unfortunately no but um, was he around to see you open a winery no I was I was the youngest of all of his grandchildren oh. and so but I did I gave his eulogy when he passed and promised that I would continue on his entrepreneurial spirit which I I hope I've made him proud. Is this, is your grandmother around? I have no grandparents, no living oh, grandparents no. any longer, unfortunately. Oh, I was hoping one of the two of them would have been able to see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Well, we um, always, we always laugh and say that my, both my grandfathers are sitting up on, you know, rocking chairs on the top hill, watching, you know, sipping, you. <laughs> sipping glasses of wine and, and looking down on us and, and being proud of what we've done. Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. What do you enjoy most about living here? Uh, well, I mean, the beauty one. Yes. <laughs> It's hard. I mean, everywhere you look, it's just spectacular, whether it's the, you know, the valley floor, the beautiful vineyards there. And then you, you know, as you're driving up the valley, you look west and you see the beautiful, you know, Maya Camus mountain range and the redwoods and um, the, the beauty that that holds. And then you look east at the Vaca range and, and see kind of these ancient volcanic, you know. But you're a Southern California girl. It's beautiful down there too. Oh, and I, well, I always say I, I, I you know, trade of the ocean for the vineyard and and um and they both hold their own beauty and in different ways um and you can appreciate it all i just feel like this is such a great place to to raise a family and and just a great community to live in i believe i know the answer of this and i think you kind of hit on it earlier but i'm going to ask it anyways how did you choose when you moved here how did you choose to move here why didn't you move to calistoga why didn't you move to Oakville? What was it about the Mount Veeder area that was so important to you? Well, I think when my husband and I first started looking at properties, we were we weren't sure exactly what what we were going to find. We were we were going to either buy a you know fully producing winery that was ready to go and we could you know purchase it and and kind of continue running it, or everything down to you know raw land with nothing on it. I mean, we were putting everything that we had into it, and it all had to make sense. And so. And this was actually the first property we looked at. Oh, wow. And it was just being marketed as a residential property because it didn't have any entitlements on it. There was no winery or vineyard or anything at that point. And so, but with my background, I, I kind of knew the parameters that, you know, kind of the checklist that you needed to, to say, all right, I can actually um, entitle this um, for a winery use um, because it has all the things that we need to make mm -hmm. it happen. So it was the first place we looked at and it just felt amazing. And and Jeff and I talked about it. He He's always loved um, Mount Vitor wines, as have I. You know, but of course it was going to be him that was going to be making them. So he was a strong voice in that decision. But it was, uh, I think, the idea of of really being in the forefront of a, a kind of a blooming appellation of, if you will, 
it's um, really come into its own in the last few years. And I think we kind of saw that coming on the horizon and felt like it was it fit us and what we were wanting to accomplish and that we were kind of new to the valley and and to be developing something and 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 bringing something forward with us just felt good to us and um, and the property just called to us so and you said the house was here Mm -hmm. right but you have remodeled it yes and since we're sitting in it why don't you describe to our listeners your style because I love it oh so and it's very open so it was interesting because the house that was here was when Jeff and I originally saw it was um, covered with shrubbery and trees. So you from the road, you couldn't see it. Um, when you were inside, you didn't look out and see anything but trees and shrubbery around you. Um, I think the people that we bought it from were very kind of reclusive people. <laughs> so the first thing we did when it was just him and I and our two dogs is, um, and we had lots of time, um, is we just started tearing out all of the, um, just shrubbery. the shrubbery and everything that was really kind of, and once you did that, you really got to see what was around the house. It's a, it's a single level house. It's about 5,500 square feet. And it's oh, like, wow. um, it's yeah, it's a, it doesn't look like that from the outside, but it's a Spanish style house. And it's really um, having one level that surrounds you know the entire house surrounds a courtyard and so there's there's windows everywhere um, so there's windows onto the courtyard from every angle and then there's of course the w- windows around the perimeter of the house and so there's so much green open natural light that comes in and because we sit on a knoll as you mentioned we look down and we from you know just like we're sitting here in our, our kitchen and you can see the vineyards all around us you can see the the western hills we can see downtown Napa we've kind of got this really great view of everything but I mean most of all it's just the beauty of the trees and the yeah you know around us a beautiful panoramic view yeah and that's what we tried to do really with the design as we've been remodeling the house is bringing in a lot of those kind of natural colors I, I have probably a more you know slightly more modern mm-hmm. um style but comfortable we're raising our family here so yeah yeah I mean I wouldn't I don't think of it as being contemporary because but modern I think is a good word mm-hmm. and, but Earthy, modern, yeah, comfortable, very inviting. How would you describe your style? Yeah, I think that's, you know, bright. I think mm-hmm. we really, you know, we have... And you've got the nice vaulted ceilings. Mm-hmm. It's very, very clean. Yeah, and a lot of just, you know, bright colors, uh, you know, I should say earthy light colors, but, you know, more of the, you know, whites and greens and grays. And um, so, yeah, it's just Very nice. What do you do in your free time? Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I have my kids are 11 and 12, so a lot of free time is is um, athletics for the children. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, one we my husband and I spend a lot of time with lacrosse. Those are the the sports that our kids play. So that's their um, activity. But for me, if you know, for example, my husband and I are um, we always do our little annual retreat for him and I to go and talk, and we always go golfing. And so we'll be down at um, at uh, Pebble Beach this weekend, which is really nice for us to get away. But we love golfing together. We enjoy that. Who's as, the better golfer? Oh, my husband by far. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm much more fun to be with out there. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. That's good. And I also love to ski. We're big skiers. So we... Um, we Favorite spot? I, we're big fans of Utah. We usually try and make at least one or two trips out there each year. And um, we love to go to Deer Valley. And we've... And, I, I think probably the best place we've ever skied, though, is our for our 10th wedding anniversary. We took a, an incredible trip out to Europe, and we skied um, in the um, Swiss Alps, the Italian Alps, um, and just in Austrian Alps and had just the best time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've never skied outside the country. It was it was incredible. Well, it's, and the food is what's really amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's not quite the burgers and, uh, and French fries that we get here right. um, in the United States. It's, you know, a lot of more gour- gourmet food. 
Is the scenery similar skiing? It's different. It's more um, glacial skiing, mm-hmm. so you don't have as much as many trees, and um, it's just you know it is it is it is different. I I would say I still prefer from a snow standpoint. I I really love the snow from Utah, mm-hmm. but um, but from a cultural experience, it was you know second to none. So. Ha- how good of a skier are you? Black? I, I can do black. Wow. But okay. I, but I like I like my uh, my nice blue? comfortable runs. And blue or or will you go green? <laughs> I, I really avoid the green. I'll stick you know solidly in the blue. Okay. You know, they have those like double blue ones, which okay. are you know kind of my way to go. <laughs> Going back to golf, do you other than Pebble Beach? Do you have other favorite courses? Um, and do you take golf dates? Um, we <laughs> we try to, but of course that you know it's a, it's a, you know several hours out of your day to do a golf. Yes. So we're members at Silverado Country Club, so we golf out there regularly. Mm-hmm. Favorite place to golf, gosh. You know, we, we golfed out on Lanai, and they have a course called the the Challenge, which is, I think it's a Four Seasons Resort now. I'm trying to remember now it's been sold. But um, that's probably the most, like, just picturesque golf course we've ever golfed on. So. And when I asked about golf dates, I wondered if people could call and and book a golf date with you. <laughs> you can start, hey, I'll be willing to twist my arm. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, buy a case of wine, get a golf date with Karen. There right? you go. <laughs> there you go. Vacation. Mm-hmm. Do you do you ever have time to go on a vacation? We do. I, I think now I mean, more than we used to. I think when we first opened, I think there was, we laughed, I think there was maybe four years where we didn't go anywhere. Right. And uh, so, so I try and make up for it now. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of international travel. And so we, um, we had a, an amazing trip last year. We went to New Zealand and um, took the kids for Christmas and New Year's. Do you, you know, you work in the wine industry, you go to New Zealand. Can you stay away from wine when you go to a country like that? It's, or do it's you impossible. Autom- yeah, you automatically go to wine, don't you? Oh, yeah, it's impossible. I mean, we have to, to go and appreciate what's there and um, taste the wines and, and really um, learn about the terroirs from each region. So, yeah, it's always part of what we do. So do you, I'm, I, this is really putting you on the spot. Is there something unusual that you discovered when you were in New Zealand about the wines that you would like to share? Gosh, with New Zealand, I'm trying to remember what would be kind of unique. I just, I mean, I think just the whole experience was was so incredibly special. Um, we wine tasted um, on the South Island, and um, and just, you know, I think it was just being somewhere geographically different and and tasting you know wines that were you know you know you can get New Zealand wines here in the United States but there's something different well first of all they're pouring something different in their tasting rooms down there anyways and what they're shipping internationally but um I think you know uh of course I'm a big fan of Sauvignon Blancs and I know a lot of those come from New Zealand and I think having the ones that were like more um you know vineyard specific were um you know you just kind of really tasted the terroir more and I think that was the part that I really enjoyed was having wines that you wouldn't normally taste here. So I love vineyard specific wines. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, you know, we're in wine country. You make your own wine other than Fontanella. What do you drink at home? Oh, other than Fontanella, I drink whiskey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a big surprise. <laughs> um, what, do you want to tell me how you like your whiskey or is there a particular brand you like? <laughs> oh, I'm pretty indifferent. I, I, I most people bring me whiskey because they know that I do enjoy it. But I'm 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 I love trying all different types of whiskey. So do you drink it neat on the rocks? Oh, no, I drink it with soda. I'm a wimp. So I like it nice and, you know, I'm, I, I envision as I get older that I'll be able to actually, you know, drink it straight. But a I'm Manhattan, not quite there. An old Forester. No, really just yeah. like whiskey soda, a little bit okay. of lime. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, there you have it, folks. She likes whiskey. Is there a hidden talent that people might be surprised to know about you? Probably the thing that most surprises people is that um, in my past, which I haven't done in a while, is I used to sail sailboats. I used to race competitively. Very cool. So I started when I was, gosh, probably, I mean, 11 10 or 11, I started sailing. And um, and then I raced all through high school. And um, and then when I went to college, I did some college racing as well. And where'd you go to college? So when I was racing sailboats, I went to USC. I ended up um, transferring, but I stayed there for a couple of years and I was on their uh, varsity sailing team and raced FJs, what they called. So very, um, very cool. Yeah. So if we put you on a sailboat now, could you do it? Um, I think so. I think it's kind of something once you have it, you, you know, it's like riding a bike, you know, you don't forget, you know, maybe some of the terms I might be a little bit, uh, the terminology, yeah, rusty on what's that called again, but um, in terms of how it functions and I, I taught sailing for a number of years. That was kind of how I, I got through high school and college was um, my summer jobs was always teaching sailing. And so um, when you teach it, I think anything, you really have a deeper understanding of, of uh, the mechanics of it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we're going to wrap things up with what I like to call five quick questions. Okay. Okay, so the idea, of course, is not to give them much thought. They're like off-the-wall things, just to end on a light note. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so here you go. What designer brand do you wear the most? Oh, gosh. Designer brand. Probably Zella. (laughs) <laughs> okay. What's the weirdest thing in your purse right now? The weirdest thing in my purse. I don't really, I have a very tiny purse. Um, an emery board. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. And what's the last piece of candy that you ate? Um, a Snickers. Okay. The last magazine that you read? It was probably Travel and Leisure. And what is one, and there will be many, but what is one favorite restaurant and wine country oh favorite restaurant wine country probably bistro don giovanni okay there you have it (laughs) karen thank you so much for sitting down with us today uh well thanks for having me michelle i appreciate it you are a real delight and you all are missing out if you haven't tried some fontanella wine Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.